Welcome to the author commentary for Star Wars from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back. Here we go behind the scenes with contributors to discuss the creative process behind their stories. A word of caution, these conversations may contain story spoilers. I'm Tom Holler, a member of the Delray Star Wars editorial team, and right now, talking to C.B. Lee, author of a story called A Good Kiss. Welcome to the show, C.B. Thank you so much for having me. So if I recall correctly, your original pitch for this story was like, oh, a sentence long and it was something around like, I want to write about the guy with the box that walks between Han and Leia on Hoth. So, <laughs> yes. Two questions to start. First of all, <laughs> actually, before I get to the question, that's like the most amazing story pitch anyone's ever sent in. No one will ever surpass it. You can't. It's just perfect. Um, but two questions. First, how did you settle on that as your character and your moment? And perhaps more importantly, like how did you then actually create an actual story around this guy who has half a second of performance? You don't ever even get a clear <laughs> real look at this person's face. So how, how did this story come together? Um, I just love like the sheer nonchalance of like, they're at it again. I'm just trying to do my job. Why are you arguing in my corridor? Like, and he, he just like shoulders like between them and he's like carrying his box. He's doing his thing. And that second of like, I, I just, that scene is just always so funny to me. First of all, cause it's Han and Lan, obviously like they're probably been like arguing all over Echo Base and like everyone's just trying to do their job. So I thought about like, what is this guy's job? And, and like, the like what would his reaction to Han Solo be and like my first thought was like you know what he, he, he could use a good kiss like he he's been like struggling he's he's just he's just an ordinary guy man and he he's not he's not been kissed he he wants one he he's just like sad of like you know tired of Han Solo and you know all all of that I felt like was just like expressed in that one moment where he's just like I'm here. I've got my boss just, just doing my thing. <laughs> well, and his exasperation, as, as you note, and his just like, Ugh, let me get it's, 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 it is absolutely clear that this is like not the first time that these two <laughs> have been fighting all over the base. And actually, we, we were talking to Emily Skretsky, one of the fellow mm -hmm. contributors whose story also have elements of this. And so I'm going to ask you the question we asked her, how much time on Hoth and on Echo Base do you think was spent by other rebels? either being annoyed by gossiping about or otherwise spending their time worrying about like, will they and won't they between Han and Leia? Probably a lot. I mean, I imagine entertainment's pretty sparse. It's not like you're getting holo feeds from, you know, the center, you know, you're not getting up to date on your, you know, weekly shows, like whatever you, whatever entertainment you brought with you on your data pad, like that's what you got. So like, of course this kind of unfolding, um, I loved Hemlisters. Like, oh my god! Of course, they had a betting pool going, and like, I just think it's just—it's a small place, and you're stuck there with like, you know, a specific group of people, and you're like, of course, I'm—I'm I'm just watching this happen. I think another really great thing you did in choosing this character is—it's a weird moment if you think about the movie, because like, these are two of the hero protagonists, main characters in a movie, and in most cases, you would imagine like the rest of a movie stops around 
a, a scene like this with two characters having this close conversation, but this movie literally doesn't stop. This guy just comes like barging through the shot. It's almost like an extra like walked on set while, while they were filming. And so you actually use that as this moment to give us this character chase and bring us right down to the ice floor level of what it's like to have to live on Hoth and exist <laughs> as a, as the lowest of the low in terms of like the rebel hierarchy. Like this guy is you know, cutting up tubers with the droid <laughs> actually does that job better than him, like in the mess hall. And uh, so, but the thing that I love most about, about your portrayal of Chase is the um, the motivational anecdotes within the book that he's carrying around this, like, I am worthy, I am valuable sort of hollow book. Mm -hmm. And I really, you brought up an interesting point about rebels, which is we don't really often get into a whole lot of like what motivates someone to be part of the rebellion beyond towards like the obvious, like, well, the empire is evil and or something bad happened to me. And so I'm fighting to like make it right. So mm -hmm. I, it's really interesting. Like, where did the idea for these motivational anecdotes come from? Were these inspired by anything real or something else you had um, experienced? Because um, they are A, hilarious and B, kind of really essential to setting up who Chase is um, mm -hmm. before we get too much time with him. Yeah, he's, I felt like he's such a relatable character in the sense that, like, he doesn't know what he's doing. He just wants to be, he wants to be a hero, but he doesn't really, he's not, you know, he's not word sensitive. He's not great at weapons. He mess. he failed training multiple times. And he's just kind of like, he's trying to better himself and he's reading all these self-help books. And I thought it was like a really great clue into like a motivational aspect of like, like an everyday person just trying to be their best self and not, not, I think we're be, you know, whether, you know, someone chooses to join like the Rebel Alliance or like, you know, you're going about your everyday life. There's a lot of times where we feel like, you know, what is my value in society? How am I contributing? Do people see me as value? And I think that's a very common, like, and it comes from a very like real personal place to me where I feel like I want, like, it really makes me in a sense of like, you know, there's a lot of times where I felt like, oh, like, where, what is my place in the universe? And I think a lot of people are searching for that. So the the motivational quotes were something that, like, he's trying his best, and he doesn't quite believe it, but he's he's trying, and that's that's the important part for him because he's, um, he's, you know, he repeats these anecdotes to himself to believe that he's worthy, and you know, the tasks that he has, like, his kitchen duties, and he's running like deliveries, and so what he kind of doesn't value about himself like in the beginning, like, oh, he's memorized all these tunnels because, you know, that's just he and he's he knows all these shortcuts and he's really he's particularly good at like getting to where he needs to be. And that is what like him at the end of this story, like, you know, when the battle's raging on, he realizes that, you know what, like I may not get to do sentry duty. I may not be a pilot or fighter or soldier, but I can run and I'm like, like he takes pride in like getting to feel like, oh, like, I, I didn't, you know, I had this in me all along. And then it's like, you bring up this really great um, kind of switch that happens in the story. And we sort of have this, um, uh, the story that starts before the attack. And then we have this dramatic irony of knowing that like, everything's going to fall apart. This, this is mm -hmm. all going to go bad, like in a very short amount of time. And so there's this kind of switch that happens in the story where we go from chase, just trying to find, what is valuable about me? What can I do to help? Can I be more than the guy who peels the tubers? And oh, I got to go talk to General Riken again. And he wants me to get him his calf into this very chaotic crisis. Oh my God, we got to save each other. We got to get out. 
Um, did you have to, was there like a different approach that you had in writing these two almost halves of the story? Because they're very like, they're, they do, they read as a piece, but they also could read almost as separate stories. You could have started and stopped and really taken a completely different. So did you have to approach writing those two halves differently? I think from a craft perspective, I saw like Chase's kind of journey and like you start from kind of like his everyday mundane, like, okay, these are my dudes for today. And, you know, his regular, like you get a sense of his day to day, like these are, everything's boring, but you know, where, and then all of a sudden, you know, um, you know, when the battle's happening and he sees the ATT for the first time and he's like, like it's there, the present and the war is there. And I think for Chase, it's a moment of like, you know, he signed up, you know, he joined um, the Rebel Alliance on Yavin 4 and he's always been just kind of like, oh yeah, this is, this is just cool. Like I'm here, I'm going to do great things. I want to be a hero, but it's never really like the war, the empire have always been like, it hasn't been present until that moment. Um, and so it all catches up to him in like a very, in, you know, in all that chaos. And so I approached it in a sense of like seeing someone who like, you know, suddenly has to deal with this huge new problem. And then he thinks like, okay, what are the resources I have? What do I have with me? What and he has his wits and he knows Echo Base by heart. And so that's how he moves forward. And so it just, it, it's both in some ways like a, just another day in his life and yet like this monumental thing that makes him realize like what are you what is he really capable of speaking of what is he capable of this story revolves around really one of uh, the great star wars romances uh between <laughs> as we see evolve between um you know our hero chase the box boy and uh the wonderfully named jordan Smythe, the you know one of the tauntaun handlers who if i recall like the first scene that he shows up in like <laughs> He's like throwing bales of hay, you know, space hay essentially into the things. And he's like not even wearing a ton of, you know, he's, he's not even wearing like the big puffy jacket. So like, he's just wearing like, you know, this like sort of muscly shirt and he's throwing the bales of hay. And it's ridiculous when you think about it. He's like, you're on hot, dude. Like, even if it's warm in there, like it's, it's an actual iceberg, but it's so, it is so perfect and great, particularly through Chase's mind. And so talk me through how Chase is the ideal figure for this like amazing romance and really, to be honest, like one of the more, you know, passionate, you know, romantic ends to any of the stories in the book and just developing this romance and tying it into, again, a story that that is built on a character who carries a box from one end of a movie frame to another for three <laughs> seconds. This, I love that this was a part of the story. Yeah, I wanted to give Chase like that big moment, you know, that big like, like realization, like not only he gets to talk to his crush, but he gets to like, you know, express his feelings. He saves the day and all these big moments that we think about like are reserved for like, you know, the heroes of the story and you think of these grand movies. I think what's beautiful about Star Wars and the universe is that like, and what's beautiful about, um, from a certain point of view is that we get to see all these other stories happening simultaneously around, along the stories that we do know. And Chase, you know, is another, ordinary person but he's also a hero in his own right and it's he i wanted to show like him getting to have the big moment like the big kiss and the big like like it feels very like it, it gives me a sense of place to really and like inspiration just see like oh like it's not just about like the you know the pilot fighters or the person who does the big like the big sacrifice or the person with like the special skills or someone who's the chosen one it's about everyday people 
doing their best in, you know, when the time comes for them to make a choice about what, you know, how are they going to fight for what they believe in right. And like, to me, that's like Chase, he's, you know, good at delivering coffee. He's really fast. And so I wanted to show how someone who, you know, has very ordinary skills and, you know, everyone can have like, you know, I, I just wanted him to have that like special moment. And um, yeah, it just, it felt, it just, it was also a lot of fun to write because it felt like how am I going to fit like, you know, I wanted to have these like big sweeping arcs <laughs> and like put them in a very short piece. So that was particularly challenging in like a craft house because I was like, oh, this could be like a whole rom-com and like with like shenanigans and like in the backdrop of like Echo Base, there's so many stories I'm sure of like, you know, all these different people and all these different tasks all simultaneously happening together that um, getting that down to like a little slice of life and getting to see that realization was, was really fun to write. And I love the way that you sort of built the, um, you like escalate the love story to be a, like the, and the romance between them to be uh, like a little bit more ridiculous, but in the really best way of like, you know, again, it starts with like Jordan and his sort of description and the way Chase sees him and stuff. And then he's like walking away and we're just in Chase's head and he's just like, oh my God, this is the worst. I'm stupid. And, but it, and it all the way progresses to the, like, they're literally riding a Tauntaun together through this like falling debris. And then Chase like grabs a blaster and throws it and it explodes. And it is so, it becomes so whimsical and so, again, in the best way, like ridiculous, but it fits so perfectly into like Star Wars is whimsical and ridiculous pretty much all at its at its best when it's not like a very serious, serious conversation about like Luke and Vader, you know, trying to like save my dad from the dark side. It is otherwise pretty much just like whimsical and crazy all the time. And the fact that Chase gets to build to that and then essentially gets to become Han Solo for five seconds at the end of the story. <laughs> kind of almost better than Han ever gets it because Han's like professing his love for Leia, like just before he's about to be carbonite frozen, you know? Um, but it is, it's just such a great build and it pays off so well with like, it becomes fantastical in a way that the beginnings of this story belial just completely because of how ordinary Chase believes he is. And yet we see him become extraordinary by the end, just by being himself, which is I think overall the big point of your story uh, is that he didn't really need to find anything else to become extraordinary. He was already there. He just had to recognize it. Yeah, um, yeah. And that was like, it comes back to like all those motivational anecdotes and like a, a lot of like self-help books, I think they just start with like, it feels very obvious, but most like most of the core tenets of those books are like, believe in yourself and go for it. And, you know, you can boil down like so many different like, you know, motivational guides. And it comes down to like, just recognize like, how like what you have to contribute because there's so much of what like where it's e much easier to internalize like negative things about yourself and so for chase the change in himself isn't about like he doesn't learn any new skills he doesn't like get any powers he doesn't like but he recognized like oh like what i was able to do and who i am is is great the way i am uh, well, it's really fantastic. And, uh, you know, I'm so excited that you've helped create this amazing character and you've codified um, the, the you know, man with the box into being this epic hero named Chase who, you know, saves the day um, and, and, uh, and uh, makes a romantic connection. So um, thank you so much for coming to hang out and talk to us about um, boxes and uh, <laughs> motivational quotes and uh, whirling romances on the, the ice world of Hoth. Um, we so appreciate you taking some time today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. 
Um, and we want to thank everyone uh, for listening. You can read A Good Kiss and all the other stories uh, inside of Star Wars, A Certain Point of View from The Empire Strikes Back, uh, which is available right now uh, in print, ebook, and audio download. Um, so go check it out. Thank you again, and may the Force be with you.